now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, BJ Kennard. It's been a while since we've heard that intro, which is nice. Uh, welcome to No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement. I am BJ Kennard, as Malcolm mentioned. And this, this one, and hopefully each week, we will be doing fantasy football talk with the Sultan of Stats, Jeff Bogus. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Kennard. I feel like I maybe am not alone, but... I didn't mind football on Sunday and football on Thursday. I got right back into my routine and I'm watching football and I'm loving it. But then like Monday came and the whole internet was like, uh, football, bleh. Am I on an island? No, you're not on an island. I think there's an intersection between the, the whole allowing the players to do um, what they believe in, whether it's taking a knee or, or not, or, talking about, uh, you know, the social injustice versus the, the actual sport of it. So I think people were looking at the NFL as a way to, as, as more of an outlet, getting away from COVID, getting away from all of the, the other, you know, tension that's going on mm-hmm. um, in the United States. And I think they, they really didn't want to have to see that that took place. And it was almost as if, Hey, I'm coming here to get away from that. This is this is what I was really looking forward to it and to see it again, you know, I'm not here to say what's right or wrong or indifferent. I'm just saying a lot of people were were turned off by it sure. because they they wanted to see football yeah. and that's all they wanted to see. Not only did, you know, we have to we, we went through the the national anthem and everything that happened, but uh, I noticed that the commentators talked a lot about about it a lot mm-hmm. and talked about, you know, what was on the back of the helmets and the uniforms and what's in the end zone. So you were constantly reminded of it. And I think people wanted a break from it. You know, it'd be interesting to see going forward, how the NFL and the players, um, you know, are they going to continue to take a knee or, or stay in the locker room for the national anthem? I don't know what happens when the social distancing goes away and, the, the fans are allowed to come back to the stadium. Are they going to come back in the numbers that the NFL needs to sustain, you know, the league? And then also, what are they going to do um, in regard to TV ratings? Because they were down, um, I think I saw some, somewhere between 10 and 20%. Yeah, it's all the same. You know, what, what is it going to be like for week two now that people that did tune in saw what they saw? They are more people going to be turned off by that and say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm going to boycott. I don't have an opinion either way. I think people need to decide on their own, but I think the consensus right now is most people were turned off by that. Right. Which is unfortunate, but you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of Chris Collinsworth really at all. He's probably my least (laughs) uh, color commentator out there, but at least when he started the game, he said, Hey, look, Let's say it once and then let's call football. I at least right. appreciated that. But uh, I, once it really got going, because, you know, I'm fortunate. I don't have a team. Like I don't, uh, you know, even though I'm from Atlanta, uh, I'd like to see the Falcons do well. Uh, but really, I root for my fantasy football players and I root against whoever's playing against me. And then I root for my University of Georgia Bulldogs who are in the NFL as well. So maybe I do get a little bit of a, a different perspective because – 
because it doesn't, not that it doesn't matter to me, but I just get to be a fan, but not one that's going to wake up Monday after my team lost the day before and be all pissy about it. I can do that Sunday when my University of Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> lose. That's true. I'm in the same boat with you with Alabama. Uh, you know, being where I live in Metro Atlanta, I'm a big Atlanta Falcons fan. And I, I don't know, I, I, it's interesting because pretty soon, I think starting in October, they're going to allow fans in Atlanta to come, come to the stadium. Mm-hmm. And, you know, will people be coming back? What, what will be their reaction when you have fans in the stands and let's say the social, um, you know, taking a knee continues how are fans going to react to it when one of the games that i did see was actually the first one um, a week ago today when kansas city played houston when they all lined up in the middle of the field yeah and and kansas city fans were booing i couldn't believe that either i mean like regardless if you if you care what they're doing or not essentially you're booing players are just asking for uh you know for racial injustice to not exist anymore right it's like right. going it's like booing for people who are against uh, beating babies you know it's probably <laughs> right. something you shouldn't right. do but right. uh, yes i was surprised yeah so you know people are going to have opinions about it and i just hope that we can come to an agreement that let's let's play football yeah, and, you know? and, we, and we should. All right, so I want to talk about something, too, uh, for fantasy football that I kind of dabbled with it first, and I did okay, but not well enough to continue. But I feel like this year, maybe because it's sort of the state of what's going on, I feel like it's a little bit bigger now than it was, and that's like DraftKings. I, I feel like people right now are really getting into that, maybe because the economy hasn't been as amazing. And it's like, if you do well, you're winning the lottery. Are you seeing that being the Sultan of stats? Like those type, is it just DraftKings now? Did the other one go away? No, we still have FanDuel, but the big one, yeah, the big one, I mean, they're both, they're both um, big, but but to me, DraftKings is, is larger. They have a bigger presence. um, If you look at the number of active participants, plus they're, they advertise more on TV. You see Mm -hmm. their, their commercials two to one to FanDuel, and yes, it's it's an opportunity for you to you know and put a little bit of money in it, and you know it is a game of skill. It is not it's not like going to a casino. Right. The odds are based on you know your player's performance that you choose to put in your lineup. So I I think it's it's a great opportunity. You know, if you play fantasy football, let's say you have a team where at the first three or four weeks, you have major injuries or you just had a bad draft. And then you're, you're stuck with that team for the rest of the, the season. With DraftKings and daily fantasy sports, which are, are typically played you know, on, on Sunday, you can draft a brand new team every week. So it's, it's like having a, a, a new season every week and you have the opportunity to use the same players if you want. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, you look at how does this player match up? What is his salary? You know, the goal here in DraftKings is you have a $50,000 salary cap and different players have different salaries. Obviously, somebody like Pat um, Mahomes, Pat Mahomes is going to be $8,000 this week mm-hmm. or Lamar Jackson, somebody that, you know, is going to get a lot of fantasy points. But for every time you roster a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, that takes a big percentage of your overall salary cap. So then you have to start thinking about, okay, I can't have 
the top quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, running back on my team. Right. I'm I, do what what approach do I want to do? Kind of like a stars and scrubs. And really, if you can find that diamond in the rough or a player that you think is going to have a breakout week, then that is the way that you can kind of parlay really good superstars. And, you know, for example, Scott Miller, I think he's uh, Tom Brady's new kind of, um, you know, slot receiver. His Julian Edelman. Yeah, his Julian Edelman. Exactly. And, you know, here's a player that I think he's going for like $4,4200 in DraftKings this week. He's a nice sneaky play, especially now that, you know, you still have Evans that's, you know, nursing that hamstring. Godwin now is in um, concussion protocol as of today. So, uh, you know, Miller is going to be elevated. And if he's on your waiver wire, he's a nice little stash. I think he could be a good flex play or if you play in a, a league with three wide receivers, he could be your wide receiver number three this week. I, I see him as a, a player that is absolutely going to have a, a breakout game uh, this week as someone you want to keep on your radar. Yeah. And we're going to mention, uh, you know, Tom Brady here in a second. Were you surprised that, I don't know if you watched that game at all, but I wanted to see uh, TB 12 in TB and I only saw Gronk on the field like, twice and that i was i thought he would have started and we would have been in the maybe even the first play it would have gone to him but i didn't i didn't know if i had missed something if he was injured just hadn't gotten back to playing shape no that was a really head scratcher for me too because i i saw in most of my fantasy football league drafts gronk was going outside of the top 10 or top 12 tight ends i'm thinking this is a steal I mean, he has the rapport over the years with Brady. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it takes one or two games to get up to speed. But what I saw in, in the New Orleans game was the rapport that Brady was building with O.J. Howard, mm-hmm. who had been a really good tight end out of Alabama and kind of wallowed for years in that Tampa Bay offense. And he had the talent. He just, for whatever reason, Winston never went to him. And now he, he had a, a touchdown pass last week, and he had one touchdown all of last season. Yeah. So is O.J. Howard going to be the number one tight end in Tampa? What are they going to do with Gronk? Is Gronk more of just a uh, you know, decoy, which I find really hard to believe because he, he is a very talented tight end. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic there, but I've seen a lot of people drop in their fantasy football leagues, uh, Rob Gronkowski this week for picking up other waiver wire pickups. Yeah, I, I was fortunate that uh, the way my, I was I drafted in the fifth position this year in my money league, which I was in three leagues last year. Uh, and, uh, and you and I have been in the same league before that doesn't exist anymore. And I will say in one of my leagues, the commissioner uh, died this past year. Oh, uh, sorry so to hear that. Uh, yeah, unfortunate, but it means no fantasy uh, football. Uh, so I'm in one this go round. And so I'm, all my eggs are in this basket, but I'm going to start doing DraftKings. But I was the number five position. So I was able to get George Kittle and I'm not watching the San Francisco game, but I'm watching red zone or whatever. And I see a little blurb that he's out in the second yeah. quarter. And I'm like, you know why he is? Because I drafted. <laughs> you jinxed him. Yeah. Uh, he was going probably number two overall uh, besides Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. He was going as early as the second round in fantasy league drafts. And when you invest a lot of 
you know, your, your draft stock and a, and a player in the second round, you cannot afford, especially at a tight end position, uh, to have injuries. Because typically the first couple of rounds, you're drafting your wide receivers and your running backs because of the positional scarcity. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, you, you know, Kittle is, he has that, that knee injury right now. He's, I don't know if he's been ruled out for the game this week, but it does not look good for him. He's questionable as of right now. Now we're, you know, recording this on Wednesday so we can get ready for, you know, the Thursday and then into the weekend games. But you're questionable as of now, but I don't think it looks good. My backup is TJ Hawkinson, who actually did better than uh, Kittle did. And I, he would have, I think, who knows if it would have been better before the injury or not, but at least I'm going to be okay. Right. I mean, he's not, he certainly isn't Kittle by any means, but, it, you know, he's, He's, uh, he's a decent fill-in for you. All right, so I wanted to get into uh, something I want to do with you, which is uh, Bogus or Bogus. Uh, so is this a Jeff Bogus-approved, a Sultan of Stats-approved player, or is this player just bogus, and, or at least their performance was bogus? Uh, and I wanted to start uh, out of uh, your town and uh, my team, which is the University of Georgia Bulldogs, and that is one Todd Gurley, who in, I don't know about other drafts, but from my draft, it actually took him a minute for anyone to actually pick him up. And I had him queued up, ready to go. And I, I missed out. He came out and, and had a game. Yeah, I think it, if you'd asked me this question a month ago, I would say bogus. Mm-hmm. But he looked pretty good in the game um, on Sunday against Seattle. The, the good thing about Gurley is he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, I think I saw a stat where Matt Ryan is on pace for like 850 throws um, a season, which is, which is crazy. But, you know, their defense is bad. The offense is going to be on the field a lot. Uh, Gurley has to commit, though, to just doing that little bit of extra effort. I noticed that on one play, instead of diving forward for a first down, he stepped out about a yard short. And they ended up going forward on fourth down and not picking it up. And I, the next series he wasn't in, so I felt like the coach benched him for a series for kind of that lack of effort. But I don't know if it's because you know Gurley is being very cautious with with his knees, or if it's something to where he just you know he just wasn't going to do it. So I you know right now I I would say hang on to him. He's definitely playing to the bogus level. Uh, I think he can, if song, you know, it's all about his knees. If he can stay healthy, he's going to have a great season. But let's see how he does towards the middle to the end of the season. If he starts to wear down, that, that's going to be the question. Yeah, if we stay in Atlanta for a second, uh, I was not big on Julio Jones going into this season because I feel like any season's going to be his last season. You know, let him get some uh, records or whatever, and then he gets to bow out. I was higher on Calvin Ridley, and uh, both of them had a decent game. Uh, Calvin Ridley for me was, uh, I think, the highest gaining person on my team uh, this this week. Uh, is is that a bogus or a bogus uh, performance? Oh, it for 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 Ridley, it's a bogus performance. Uh, I've I've been high on Ridley all off season. I played him in DraftKings last week. He he lived up to you know his salary. He actually exceeded his salary, and he exceeded his draft slot. I think most rounds he was going in with some somewhere between rounds four and five and everyone perceives him as a number two wide receiver not only in fantasy but also on the Atlanta Falcons and to me I think you've got you know 
Julio Jones is a great wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But but if you're going to double team Julio Jones in single coverage on Ridley, I mean, as a defensive coordinator, must you must have nightmares staying up at night thinking about how am I going to guard this team because Ridley and Julio Jones are incredible wide receivers. Matt Matt Ryan's got a rifle arm. I like them both. I personally like Ridley better. I think this his stock is going to continue to go up. This he's going to have the breakout season that I thought he would have this year. I mean, two touchdowns last week. He had I think they both had nine receptions, almost 150 yards each. The difference was Ridley had two touchdowns and Julio didn't. He had none. Mm. So, you know, you, you say to yourself, well, what, you know, is, is this going to be the Julio Jones I'm getting this year? No, they're Julio Jones is going to put up some points. Sure. Um, but, you know, if you have Ridley, his stock's going to keep rising. So, yeah, he's he's definitely bogus. He's not bogus. All right, and this uh, we might have one of our first boguses here. Uh, I just lumped the Browns into it. Just the the Browns. Is there is there any? I mean, like Nick Chubb, of course, is is a shining spot for them. Uh, right. But I didn't when I saw anything from Baker Mayfield. I didn't see the confidence I felt like I kind of had in Baker last year. But before you answer that, is it because really Thursday and Sunday and Monday, was that really preseason game number one? Will we start to see performances sharpen up by like game four, which would have been like the start of the regular season? You know, you think about that. Usually the starters don't, they don't play. They only play, I think, uh, week three of the preseason. Like that's the dress rehearsal. So they might get one or two two series in preseason per game. I don't even think they play the fourth game of preseason. So so you're looking at maybe two games total in the preseason that they play. So yeah, I think you're what we saw last week is a lot of the over unders went under because they you know the the timing wasn't there. But this is this is a big game on Thursday night for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. If they lose to Cincinnati, you can no longer blame it on the team. You can't blame it on the coaches. It's solely going to go on Baker Mayfield. He will be the one that will be called out. And, and Odell Beckham Jr. has already said this week he wants out of Cleveland. Uh, he wants to be traded. So you know behind the scenes it's not working out. So you know, you're going to see all the rats jump off the, the ship, I think, if they, if they lose Thursday night. It's going to be a long season for Cleveland fans. So we throw in the bogus on the Oh, bogus, Devin. Baker, bogus, Mayfield. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, was impressed by someone who I didn't know the name of during the draft. And he went fairly high. And then, you know, with, with today's time, the draft was done via Zoom so we can see everybody. And as soon as this person got clicked off the board, there were a lot of like, oh, good job and like whatever. Hmm. And uh, he had a heck of a game. And that was uh, out of Kansas City, Clyde Edward Hilaire. Is that guy the real deal? Yeah, CEH. That's what I call him. That's his because it's easier to say than his Clyde's Edwards Hilaire, what his yeah. name is. Uh, running back out of LSU. You know, Kennard, we have the luxury of rooting. You know, our teams are in the SEC, so right. we get to see a lot of good talent in the SEC, especially at the skill positions. And this kid is is uh, really talented. He reminds me of uh, Mark Ingram. He has that low center of gravity very strong individual. He was going as high 
as the sixth pick overall in drafts. And people thought that was crazy. His backup decided to sit out due to COVID concerns. So he had a clear path. And sometimes fantasy football is about opportunity. Mm-hmm. And CEH has the opportunity. Once again, they had the, the highest potent offense in the National Football League. It's hard to stop Mahomes. It's, it's hard to stop the receivers. And this is an added dimension that I think will have them in the, in, in the AFC championship game against Baltimore this year. Yeah, so I think for, he's, he's bogus, definitely bogus. So for regular drafts, of course, that's already done. But for DraftKings, I have to imagine that his stock and his salary has got to be much higher this week than it was last week. It absolutely is. Actually, I am rostering him in uh, one of my games this week, and he's going for $7,400. But, you know, he rushed last week for 25, I mean, rushed 25 times. I think he had 138 yards. And um, it's a tough matchup. He's got to go against the Chargers this week. And I think they're like the fifth toughest opposing defense against running backs. But you know, it's going to be tough to stop the run when you have to defend against, you know, the ba- the best passing offense in the National Football League. So, yeah, I, I'm, you know, he's not, uh, you know, going for $8,000 or $10,000 like, you know, Christian McCaffrey is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the highest paid uh, or highest salaried uh, player this week in DraftKings. But, yeah, he, he definitely can carry your team this week. I think he's going to have over 100 yards. Wouldn't surprise me if he had one to two touchdowns, too. And if people aren't sure if the Sultan of Stats, Jeff Bogus, knows about DraftKings, uh, you shot me uh, or sent me a screenshot of your weekend from DraftKings. And I was like, I need to get on the Bogus train uh, for DraftKings so I can make some money. I was impressed. Yeah, you, you said, how was your weekend going? Or how, how are your football teams doing? I yes. said, um, so I sent you a screenshot of uh, uh, my DraftKings. I think I was in like 13 leagues this week and every one of them. Um, was in the money, or I won uh, a free ticket, and that never happens. Okay, I don't. I'm not here to say that I'm the the next prognosticator. You know, no, uh, I'm not quitting my day job. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I made I made enough money to go out and buy something really nice if I wanted to, but um, or at least I now have a bigger budget for the rest of the season when That's I start. Right. You know, when I start losing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, you when you play weekly DraftKings, you have to have a, um, a very short memory because there are going to be weeks when you, it just doesn't work out. I mean, you think you have the right matchups, you know, you, you, you have to, when you play, you have to come up with what's the most likely outcome that's going to happen. And then also look for advantages because if everybody is putting their money on a player, you know, you also want to look at percent ownership. You have to say to yourself, okay, do I want to get on that train? Or do you say, you know what, I think my money's better, better spent on a different player. And that's what's great about DraftKings. You can put together so many different strategies. I heard a strategy today. Somebody is building a roster this week for every player that underperformed in week one because he says he'll bench all those players and then they'll outperform in week two. So I, I thought that was really interesting, to, you know, because you don't know. You don't know, um, you know, we're going to get the same Washington Redskins team I'm sorry, the Washington, Washington football team, football team. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm going to have to learn to say that, um, that, uh, is, are they going to get down 17 to nothing and then come back and win? 
like they did, or are they going to quit? So, you know, it'll be week, you know, the biggest thing about week one is I always tell people, don't panic. You know, it's one week. Now is not the time to trade away your underperforming players. Go with what you drafted. You have a small sample size. Wait till you get into the first couple of weeks, then reassess your team. Yeah, I didn't pick up one player on waiver wires this week, uh, and I even debated for my defense. I've got the Chicago Bears, and I, you know I drafted them. They they drastically underperformed. If it wasn't for a sack and something else, I, I they were zero points. But then I ended up getting two or three out of that. But like uh, you mentioned, the uh, Washington football team, Antonio Gibson is on that team, and I, and I drafted him late, late, and just sort of out of that hopes, but sort of got going, but I think it was just, you know, I think down the ro- road, I think he could become a bogus. I don't think he's bogus. What do you think? I agree. I actually, out of all the players that I did play in DraftKings last week, uh, he was the only one that really didn't perform like I thought he would. He, uh, you know, he is going to be the star in Washington. And right now he is bogus. Okay. But he, I think he's going to turn into a bogus player by midweek and by the end of the season, he will live up to the expectations that everyone thought that he would. It's just going to take him. He's not uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. Right. It's a, he's on a different track. I think they're both going to get to the same place at the end of the year, but I don't see him uh, doing it as quickly as what we saw out of uh, CEH in, in week one. So, but here's the, uh, the interesting thing in, in DraftKings his salary has been really reduced. So you say, you know what? I know he has the potential to do this. Maybe this is the week that he gets it going. Yeah, and you get a bargain for him and then you get a uh, bargain. Yeah. You get him you pick uh, up a bigger player before him. Exactly. You get him tw- you get him at a twenty five percent discount this week. Uh one person I was super going into this season to go uh bogus all the way. No doubt. And then in the first game, I feel like he proved me wrong. And I feel like he will continue to do that. And that is one Cam Newton, who surprised the heck out of me. Yeah, me too. I have him in one of my leagues. I I have him in a two-quarterback league. And I started him this week. I didn't have high expectations for him because, you know, I look at the wide receiver core. And Edelman's, what is he, 34 years old now? And he has a bunch of no-name receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gronk is not there. And he has, I think, four different running backs. It just depends on Belichick, which one is the, the flavor of the week. And uh, Damien Harris is on the IR, so he's down to three running backs. Anyway, Cam Newton had the, really the, the, the cards stacked against him, yet he went out there. I mean, he didn't throw for 300 yards. I think he threw for 175 yards. But what he did with his legs mm-hmm. – what, he's very athletic. We know what he can do. He, he's very much like Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have to necessarily beat you in the air. He can, you know, he can scramble around. He can, he, they can design plays to get him out in the open, outside of the tackles, and he has that option to throw it or run it. And he, I think he had 95 rushing yards, something like that, and he had some touchdowns. So he really surprised me. I, I thought he would be bogus in week one, and he – he was bogus, and I, I, you know, hats off to him. And I say hats because I always enjoy his press conferences because <laughs> you never know 
what he's going to look like or what he's going to wear in his press conferences. So yeah, yeah. my hats go off to him as well. So I mean, kudos, you know, he was in sort of a, a bad situation in um, the way he kind of got out of Carolina. It, it really sort of became Christian McCaffrey's team as it should. That right. guy is amazing. Do you think he, you think he'll hold on and be like the top fantasy guy this year? I do. You know, if you look back over the history of fantasy football, I think in the last 20 years, maybe it's 10 years, somewhere in this, it's, we've only had one time where the previous player that finished with the most fantasy points repeated the following year. Mm-hmm. But Christian McCaffrey is a player that I think is special that can do it. He's on a team that's really designed to run. Um, you know, they're not, they're not like Kansas City. They're not going to go out and throw the ball 30 times, okay? I think McCaffrey just he, – he's a special running back. I think he was out of Stanford, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was great in college. And he's elevated his game now in the NFL. And it, he took over with that team. So, yes, I think he will be, if not the number one uh, overall fantasy player, definitely will – be worth that first overall pick. That was a, that was a no brainer. If you had the first pick, if you didn't take him, you know, that I I saw him go third in one of my leagues. I'm I'm just shaking my head saying, why, why is it not my year to draft at the three slot instead of the 10 slot? Because it was just, it was just amazing. But, you know, getting back to Cam Newton, you know, Cam had something to prove. If you look at his off season workouts, he was determined to, to prove the naysayers wrong. And so far, he's done it. Let's see if he can do it for an entire season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for uh, Christian McCaffrey, you're playing him no matter what. So that's, that's fine. But for DraftKings, you mentioned earlier, he has the highest salary for DraftKings. So out of the gate, you're going to knock your 50 grand down a good little chunk. Is it worth it buying a player like that? and sort of hedging your bets that he's going to do well, but then won't other people be doing that too? Uh, so is it is from just from a strategy standpoint for someone who doesn't play often, who plays all the time and doesn't win very often, like, do you want to do something like that? No, I think you can roster players that are a little bit, maybe, maybe we'll just call him McCaffrey tier one all by himself. Mm-hmm. You can get a tier two, tier three running back. Um, this week, for example, I, not only am I playing uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but I'm going with Derrick Henry. Yeah. And the re- reason why is uh, twofold. One, he's $2,100 less than Christian McCaffrey is. So he's $7,900 this week. Now, McCaffrey's projected to get, I think, 20, 22 uh, DraftKings points or fantasy points, where Henry's probably going to get close to 19 I can I can take that extra um, twenty one hundred dollars and apply it to a player that I don't have to then roster a player in the two to four thousand dollar range, you know, a bunch of those players to to offset what it's going to cost me in McCaffrey. It does you no good if McCaffrey gets twenty two points and you roster somebody that gets you three points. Right. You know, it's it's better to get somebody that you know has. A, you know, a definite what I call a floor, meaning Derrick Henry, unless he gets injured, is not going to have less than 15 fantasy points a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can count on him to do that. Same with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think 
15 points is, is the, the basement or the, you know, the, the floor for him. And I look at the matchups. I look at Henry. Okay. He, he, Monday night, 31 carries. He's the only one. He's the only running back that carried the ball. Okay. It's not like you have this three headed monster like you have right now in, um, uh, the Los Angeles chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Henry, he's getting the ball. He had over hundred yards and, I look at who, who he's playing this week. Is he playing a defense that's really tough against a run? He's not. He's playing Jacksonville, Jacksonville yeah. 30th against fantasy running backs. Last year, when Henry faced Jacksonville, um, he had 203 rushing yards and three touchdowns in the two matchups. So I, I, you know, I see a history there. I would rather roster someone like Derrick Henry and take that other – twenty twenty one hundred dollars and bolster it somewhere to where I don't have to necessarily just get a bottom of the barrel player mm-hmm. that will offset what I would have to pay for McCaffrey. Some people swear by it. They they feel like they can find that diamond in the rough that's that nobody else is you know, these salaries are there for a reason. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if somebody is rostered at twenty four hundred dollars as a running back, there's, There's a reason. good reason why. Yeah. yeah. Or he's not a starter. He's a guy off the bench. Because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes. So, uh, personally, I don't like to roster the top receiver or running back because it's just so hard to offset with finding a player that can make up the difference. Sure. All right. So let's talk about some people that we would want to do uh, either for fantasy, maybe because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rolling my QB for my league is, is uh, Dak Prescott, who was not amazing. Uh, it was fine. And then my backup is, is Matt Stafford. So from the quarterback perspective this week, either for your either your league that you're in or maybe sort of a DraftKings standout, who do you think should be like absolutely we know we're playing like i said earlier you know you're playing mahomes you know you're playing lamar jackson outside of those guys that are that are obvious what are some ones that might surprise someone that hey you know you probably should start this guy this week yeah i have a couple in in mind now kyler murray is probably somebody that you're going to start regardless um he's playing against washington but uh i really like him even in DraftKings. uh he's the fifth highest DraftKings salaried player but um as far as what I think he's going to project as in points, but from a salary perspective, he's only the 11th highest. So you're getting a big discount at $6,100 with him. And I really think that he's kind of a player that you, you think, okay, is he really going to be my number one quarterback for this season? He has a good matchup against Washington. I know that I don't, I don't see, that defense doing the same that they did to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a, a less mobile quarterback. Murray can run. Okay. He had, um, I think 91 yards and a touchdown last week against uh, San Francisco, a very good defense in its mm-hmm. own. And Arizona won the game straight up. So I look at Kyler Murray as being a, a really good play. A lot of people passed on Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers. They regretted it this week. Boy, they regretted it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had Devontae Adams last week in DraftKings as a wide receiver. And, man, he had a big game. But, you know, that that was because Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I think, had three touchdowns um, passes last week. And uh, for those that passed on Rodgers, you know, if he's still your backup quarterback, he has a really good matchup this week against Detroit. He always plays well at home against the Lions. It's their home opener. 
I like I like him. What about some um, interesting matchup is is Miami and in the Bills, the the quarterback for the Bills, who I also drafted in my two quarterback league with Cam Newton. His his um, passing percentage, I think, is his completion rates like fifty two percent career wise. I mean, it's really bad. But it's, I'm talking about Josh Allen. But uh, he actually threw for I think over close to 300 yards, which he's never done in his NFL career. And, you know, he continues to run the ball and score touchdowns on the ground. So uh, Josh Allen's a player that may have been a backup quarterback for you. I think this is the week you want to get him in your lineups against Miami. It's a Miami's not that great of a defense. I, I, I like that play. Yeah. And uh, just coincidentally, I have always been a, a John Brown fan and have somehow always had him on my team. Uh, I did not start him this week <laughs> and uh, he had a game. So uh, I, though we're not to the receivers yet and he's questionable right now because I, I, he's got a little bit of an injury. Right. Um, but uh, I feel like that guy, he's the, the downfield threat for Allen. And I think we'll, we're going to see that happening more this season just like just like we did this this past game yeah i thought stefan diggs would be more involved in in the offense than he was uh he was really good in minnesota he came over in the offseason uh to buffalo uh so w- w- who knows I, you know who, who knows if brown is going to be uh the top wide receiver this week in buffalo or for buffalo well, well, if I start him, the answer is no. <laughs> no if right. I don't, then the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, uh, and then I do want to bring up one more quarterback before we move on to running backs. And I think he has the most swagger out of any quarterback in the NFL uh, off the field uh, and some swagger on the field. Just based upon that description, do you know who I might be talking about? No, I could name about three or four different guys. So, so this is a guy who did a campaign with Bud Light to draft me first. And I don't know if you saw this at all. And the, this whole thing was a, was a, you know, you're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. A montage of him working out in the gym, throwing passes to receivers, uh, doing all these amazing things, coming back from the montage saying, you know who got montages? Uh, so-and-so. And what did they do? They won. I got a montage. I'm going to win. Pick me first in your draft and blah, blah, blah. And that is Gardner Menchio. There's, oh, some, okay. there's something okay. about this guy that I just want to root for him so very badly. And he actually went out and uh, like, I think only missed two completions or so uh, in the home and in, in, in the season opener. Yeah. You know, it, he reminds me of uncle Rico from Absolutely. Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I see him, I think of uncle Rico. Uh, so I'm always pulling for him. Cause I love that movie. He's a player that I actually am very high on this year. He's bogus. He's not bogus. I think uh, he has a, he has a receiving core there. Uh, he he just needed time to to develop. And I you know if I'm him, I'm thinking to myself, okay, we have to win because if we don't win, then Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one quarterback taken in the NFL draft next year, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be the backup the rest of my career to Trevor Lawrence. So. There's more incentive, I think, for him to, to, to disprove the naysayers and uh, to live through that montage. I, I need to see that, uh, that commercial. Yeah. So, yeah, I like him. Yeah, I, I, is he a, a starter every week? He's a borderline starter. I mean, if you have a bad matchup with your, your regular quarterback, 
absolutely look at the matchups but he's a decent he's a decent player you know we don't we don't have to worry about bye weeks now for for quite some time but um you you are going to have to look at um you know quarterbacks that can fill in for you and also other players at different positions yeah he's he's a guy i like I like that. All right. So running backs, uh, same thing, you know, where you're, you're starting the, 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 the gimmies, but heck, if, if, uh, if you looked at uh, Baltimore this week, the number four running back going into the week got bumped to number three because number three got injured. And then Mark Ingram's the number one there. Uh, the number three guy, JK Dobbins took more snaps than the RB one and RB two. Uh, who knew that was going to happen? Are are you high on Ingram, or do you start looking a little bit different in Baltimore? Yeah, I hate to say this because he went to Alabama, but uh, Ingram is to me is he's bogus, and it, it's just that he's starting to to wear down. He's there's a lot of tread on that tire, so to speak, mm-hmm. and I, I don't and think not that as he, much tread on that tire now. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there's I, I meant to say there's a lot of tread off of the tire. That's right. Yeah. Right, and uh, I think Dobbins. Uh, can emerge as fan, not only fantasy viable, but the number one running back in Baltimore. And, you know, the good thing is, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to run the ball. So, you know, I look at Dobbins coming in as a change of pace right now uh, for Ingram, but, you know, Ingram's not a three down running back. He's certainly not a guy that uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield anymore, in my opinion. So yeah, Dobbins is a guy is sneaky flex play this week. Yeah, I, I want to turn uh, to uh, a team that did running back by committee more so than I thought they were going to do and a play that straight up broke my heart this weekend. And I'm referring to the Detroit Lions where they've got a three, a three committee running back now uh, because Adrian Peterson stepped it up as the RB2. But that last play where Matthew Stafford out of the University of Georgia throws it to Swift. potentially rookie sensation <laughs> DeAndre Swift, who already has a touchdown in the game. The ball hits him in the hands, yeah. uh, like in the letters, and it couldn't be any better in the end zone for the win, and he drops it. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to bring that up because it was a Georgia to Georgia connection, and I, I yeah. knew that 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 hurts. It Man. does. Yeah. So oh, oh, the, really, there is a question in there as to – going into it, I would have told you, carry uh, on Johnson uh, mm-hmm. uh, would be one. And then Deandre Swift would probably be two. Then I see they pick up Adrian Peterson. I'm like, well, maybe he's there as a mentoring role, but Deandre is, they're going to get him in there. Is Adrian Peterson the one that people really should be stocking up on uh, maybe in DraftKings or, uh, or I'm not going to say a trade opportunity now. We're, we're, so you're early in the season, but like, is he the one to watch out of Detroit right now? You know, I would say that if you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would say Swift is the guy you want to own because carry on Johnson out of Auburn has had plenty of opportunity. He has just underperformed Adrian Peterson you know, the Redskins cut him. I mean, he's, he's, he's at the twilight. at this point. Right. He's not a number one running back by any means. I think it, they, they are fillers for Swift to get up to, to speed. The, the knock on Swift so far in the preseason, as far as practices has been going, is they've been holding him out because he's been, you know, taking contact and he's been bruised up with his ribs. And, you know, does he have the durability that's going to take to be a two to three down running back for the entire season? 
I don't know. Now, that, that doesn't mean that he can't be effective fantasy-wise. It's just that you have to temper your expectations because whenever you get in this timeshare, it's a three-headed monster. And what if Adrian Peterson gets a hot hand or Kerryon Johnson gets a hot hand? Then you're, you're in a bigger dilemma. So I personally try to avoid uh, that, even though they're, they're all at a reduced salary. I just don't know which one is going to have the big game. And I'm not, that's too, too high a risk this early in the season uh, to take in a, yeah. in a DraftKings contest. And, and all three are going up against uh, Green Bay this week, which is not a stellar defense they're against not. the run. So right. some they're, either they're all going to have a big game or just you know mix it up between there. Uh, any standouts uh, this week uh, running back-wise that, that someone should be playing, again, either in their league they wouldn't think about or like this is a, a sneaky DraftKings pick? Uh, I tell you what, Malcolm Brown, I really like this week uh, for the Chargers. Everyone was high on Cam Akers that he was going to be the the starting running back this year um, for the Chargers. But uh, Brown got in the game, and he he just took it over. Uh, He was the only one that was averaging over four yards a carry. And there are three running backs there. I think Henderson's the number three running back. But Brown stood out, okay? And it's it's going to be his job to lose going forward. And people were drafting acres ahead of Brown. And even in DraftKings this week, they still have acres priced, I think at 500 to a thousand dollars more, which I'm just scratching my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I think Malcolm Brown's a guy that you wanted to pick up on your waiver wire this week. Um, Hines from Indianapolis, uh, another guy that uh, is a sneaky play this week due to the the injury of the the other running back that's starting there, and uh, those are the two kind of the, the sleeper picks I have for this week to start. Yeah. And you know, running backs is is where depending on the league that you're in can really make or break your team. Uh, I was fortunate, you know, I've got Derrick Henry, and that's a guy who you know led the league in rushing last year. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, that's a guy every week you know you can count on, and he can catch the pass. Uh, yes. So I was I was fortunate there, but I uh, also got you know Joe Mixon, who I was kind of big on going into the to the draft and and out of Cincinnati's performance on Saturday uh, on Sunday I am, am I should I be sleeping on him right now or I, I still got to keep playing him right I actually saw somebody in one of my leagues that dropped Joe Mixon I could not believe it yeah uh crazy I have a waiver wire request in form right now <laughs> I, I by the way I. <laughs> uh, Mixon's a, an interesting player because in the offseason, he was complaining about migraines. Yep. And so I was kind of turned off by, you know, is he going to miss time because all of a sudden he has a headache? Right. And I think he had a headache because he wanted his wallet to be a little Exactly. Fatter. It was amazing how he recovered right after <laughs> he signed that new contract. Who knew that many millions of dollars? Who knew? Like Tylenol. Right. <laughs> so uh, so which, which Mixon are we going to get? The, the guy that... that it has the the new contract that um, should be very happy in Cincinnati, or are we going to get the guy that uh, has a migraine this week and is going to rush two or three times for five yards? Yeah, and and I think you know as Joe Burrow's grows and he will I, I, mm-hmm. I think yeah I'm not always super big on you know the rookies coming in and, and, and what sort of impact they can have but watching Joe Burrow's this last season when he was a seasoned 
you know, college player anyway, uh, go through the hype of being on LSU, you go through the hype of, of being a Heisman candidate and, and, and winning that. And, and he's been on the pressure stage multiple mm-hmm. times and has pulled through. And if you could get on a team that where you could really do something with, it's Cincinnati. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, you got a veteran in AJ Green who, yes. you know, because of his turf toe uh, ha- has been an, an issue and, you know, University of Georgia guy as well. But uh, you, you got a guy that can coach up the other receivers and you also got a guy as a veteran that can help with that young quarterback too from the receiver perspective. I feel like there's so much potential there that Joe Mixon, I think, is going to just prosper throughout the season because I do hate a player who got the contract. Uh, and got the millions because he got paid. I like the player that wants the contract. Right. I'm going to show right. you why you yeah. need to get me paid. The, or if the, you're the not Cam going Newtons to- yes. this year. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking for. So uh, I, I'm definitely not going to drop uh, Joe, but he uh, disappointed me enough that, that I wanted to. Uh, all right, so let's go to wide receivers. Another high pick for me, Allen Robinson for Chicago. And I know it's Mitchell Trubinsky. And – Am, am I, am I going to get a dud here or is he going to save Mitch on some occasions? Well, you know, you just talked, Kennard, about a player that is hungry for a contract and get the money. He, I, I had heard that he deleted all his social media uh, associated with the Bears this week because he was so upset that he didn't get this new contract. So there was incentive there for him to either be traded or to get signed. And the best way to do that is to go out and perform. Mm -hmm. He is one of those, to me, I look at him as a wide receiver that is, you know, doesn't have the star appeal that other players have yet. He lives up to, um, you know, when, when it's all said and done, if you look at the numbers he puts up, they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Trubisky played really well this past week. I think, what do you have? Three touchdown passes? Not to my guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He, yeah. So, so I, I do, I do think though, um, hang on to him. He's, he's a guy I think is going to have a big year. I really do. Even with Mitch Trubisky thrown to him, you want to start him this week. Sure. Uh, what about some, some highlighted wide receivers that uh, maybe a little under the radar? Um, one that uh, I really like is Scott Miller. He's the Julian Edelman for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had five receptions last week for over 70 yards. Uh, you know, he didn't score, but, you know, you have to look at, uh, you know, he has a great matchup this week against Carolina. And, you know, with Evans, the hamstring injury, and Godwin with the mm-hmm. – or no, it's actually, it's, it's, um, uh, concussion protocol. Oh, that's right. Concussion. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, he, you might see more and more of, of him this week. He's still available on some waiver wires right now. Pick him up. I think he's going to have a big week this week. Play him in DraftKings. Definitely a guy you want to roster. Yeah. And then we'll just jump ahead early. We'll come, we'll, we'll get back to wide receivers, but just st- sticking with that same team and that same philosophy uh, with the injuries you mentioned, OJ Howard, uh, who we talked about earlier, uh, probably a, a, a someone else. Not that you can be able to pick him up in your league, but maybe a DraftKings starter. Oh, yeah. I, I actually saw OJ Howard uh, go undrafted in a lot of my leagues just because 
um, he hasn't performed over the years. Last year, he had one touchdown. And this year already, building that rapport with Tom Brady, he had a touchdown last week. And, you know, I just am still shaking my head on, you know, Gronk having only two two passes completed Mm -hmm. to him. And, you know, it was almost like all of that history he had with Tom Brady in New England just went out the window for some reason. I, I don't know. I... Uh, maybe it's just the timing and it's one of those things where it will build back up as we get more into the season, but don't sleep on um, OJ Howard. I think he is going to have uh, finally a big year where a quarterback not named Jameis Winston is going to uh, actually throw the ball to him. Sure. So I just looked in uh, I'm my leagues in the Yahoo league. So I just looked for mine. He is available, but Last week he was in nine. He was in nine percent of the rosters. Now he's already up to twenty six percent of those rosters. And you know, so so you're right. Still available in in uh, probably most leagues. Then, especially at twenty six percent. All right. Any other uh, wide receivers that that you feel like people should pay attention to? Yeah, I like I like um I like a couple. One that I really like is uh, Johnu Smith. He's a tight end for Tennessee, and uh, he played Monday night had uh, seven targets, which is, you know, a, a pretty good, decent amount of targets for a, a tight end. He uh, had four receptions for almost 40 yards. He had a touchdown in that game. He's, he's really my breakout candidate this year. I really think he's going to be that tight end uh, that is going to merge to be, you know, in the, in the top 10 tight ends, if not top five at the end of the year. And really good matchup this week against uh, Jacksonville. They... Uh, last week they, they allowed five catches and 70 yards to the opposing tight end. So uh, definitely you have to look at matchups in DraftKings. He's I think $4,200. So uh, good play. He could be available on your waiver wire. Another guy I would, I wouldn't sleep on as I like to say with OJ Howard and, and this tight end is the, the window of opportunity is closing. So um, you want to get them on your rosters this week because they might not be available. Um, come this time next week. Yeah, and I honestly feel like that you can really win your league in the first three weeks of the year by picking up those players that either it's the Nostradamus uh, perspective of like, I'm predicting they're going to do well, or just kind of reading the tea leaves and seeing, yeah, this really does benefit them. Uh, And I think sometimes it's mentally getting over who you drafted and sort of being married to them. I look at my fantasy football team as we're just dating, right? <laughs> and uh, we're not exclusive yet, but at some point in the season, you're going to have to put a ring on some of these players. But until then, you can't, it's okay to go, you know what? I drafted this one, but I, I really should stick with them. No, I mean, if, if, if someone like you mentions, uh, you know, getting OJ Howard or someone like that, like, you know, take a chance. Uh, but also the hard part for it, uh, I'm going to talk off the other side of my mouth now is knowing who is okay to drop and who's not, you know, and when, when right. you, you look at like some of these players that just didn't perform well week one with no preseason, uh, weird camps and practices leading up to that. Uh, you know, I, I was under the, like I mentioned earlier too, I didn't drop, drop anyone from my right. team and I, and I'm, I'm so very reticent to do so now even, uh, but, I think the people who are smart enough to do that will reap the benefits later on. You know, Card, I, sometimes the best waiver moves that I make are the ones that I don't make. 
And what I mean by that is sometimes you overthink it and think, oh, I've got to have the most drop ads in my league because active managers equal success. That's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think I dropped a player right before the season started and he ended up getting the job because Peterson got traded um, or dropped. So, you know, it was Gibson. I, yeah. I, I, what had happened was for, Leonard Fournette got traded right. or he was released by Jacksonville. So I went out to the waiver wire and I'm trying to pick up as many Jacksonville running backs. And there were two of them. I think Chris Thompson was one of them uh, that I thought was going to get the job. And I said, well, I'll just drop Gibson because he's behind Peterson. And then, you know, things happened to where that was a really bonehead move. So had I just said, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen in Jacksonville. It turns out neither neither player right now <laughs> were, were worthy pickups. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's best just to, you know, yep. Once again, week one is not the time to panic. It's a small sample size. That's right. Not every player is going to do great, and not every player that did great last week um, is going to repeat. There have been times where people have picked up the the hot hand off the, off the waiver wire in week one, and that player does nothing the rest of the season. Yeah, it is, so, and, that, and that's what I think is fun about this. It's it's not gambling because you know there is analysis that goes in and statistics that goes in oh, yeah. there's a gut that happens as well but you know you you play what what you, you think is going to work and then it makes the games exciting uh to where you know you don't have a team i don't have a team but we've got our fantasy teams how many leagues are you in by the way i'm in eight this year i think it's a down year for you it is it is i cut back <laughs> Yeah, goodness gracious. Well, that's because so, I do so many DraftKings contests. I have to supplement my my time. True, and, and I bet you some sweet bucks I'm going to hop onto DraftKings uh, this week and, and make some plays because you've listed uh, some ones that you were high on, uh, Derrick Henry, uh, CEH, Kyler Murray, Malcolm Brown. Is that dude Janu Smith? Is that how you say his name? John, Janu. Janu, Janu Smith. Smith. Yeah, so I, I hadn't even heard of that guy, but now I have. And that's yes. the whole beauty of uh, covering off on fantasy football uh, for this podcast. Uh, so uh, Sultan of Stats, Jeff Boggess, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Uh, fantasyfootballempire.com is your website and uh, you update that thing uh, every week for people, right? I do. And actually uh, I run for our, our um, radio station here in Atlanta. We have a weekly DraftKings contest that we open up to 40 or 50 people Last week was $10. This week we're doing $5. So if you want to go to the website at fantasyfootballempire.com, you'll see where you can click on that. And uh, it'll uh, have a link directly to the contest on DraftKings. So you can get in on the action and play against me. Yeah, fun times. But uh, seeing the, the, the screenshot you sent me last week, I don't <laughs> know if I feel like doing that this go around. Right. Gotcha. Right, so good luck to your many, many teams. And also uh, uh, for you listening, uh, good luck to your teams as well, or team, maybe you just got one. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, subscribe, uh, tell your friends, get them to listen as well. That's how we do well uh, with No, I Don't Live in My Parents' Basement. Uh, we're just fans of all kinds of things here, including football. Uh, so until next week, so long.